Holy heck, you guys. Hey, hi, you folks. Hold on a sec. Katie, are you there? I'm so here. You got a number? You got one? Tell me you got a number. Oh, I got one. I got one up in the old computer. Don't pull your punches now, right? Don't go soft. I'm never soft. You know the KS goes hard. <laughs> Hit me. Invade my brain. The number you're thinking of? 77. That's... Okay, well, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Maybe. Wait, 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 wait. Does, does, does that mean you were not thinking of 77? Or were you not not thinking of 77? I mean, yeah, I am now thinking of 77. So you, like, sort of predicted the number I would be thinking of. That's incredible. Incredible indeed. It's, it's official then. We are psychics. We're psychics, bitches. There's literally no other explanation. We should buy some stocks. Weird how we're always right about stuff. Okay. Okay. So I put a bunch in MoviePass and Sears and what was the other one? I'm seeing Radio Shack. Radio Shack it is. We can't lose. We literally can't lose. In fact, I'm going to go play the lotto. Be right back. Hey, fancy people. Here is some more amazing news. We have been watching our old episodes, and it turns out that a lot of what we say is going to happen actually does end up happening in the future. It's not wild. It clearly means that we are magic and psychic here at the Shodi. And not just any magic, but the cool, dark, and satanic kind where a lot of our hexes have also come true. I mean, just last month, we saw numerous blow-ups for the right-wing grifters we often curse on this very show. Show. Fox News settled their defamation lawsuit by having to shell out $787.5 million, a number I'm told is high, which in turn resulted in them absolutely shit canning Tucker, the tuck slopper Carlson. Although that's probably not because of the lawsuit. There, there's a lot of reasons they could have fired him and a lot of people are speculating. I mean, I know the reason because I'm psychic. But anyway, they like super fired him. Like he didn't even get to say goodbye. Tux was kind of a white whale around here in that he's a white nationalist with the temperament of an orca. Around that same time, Disney filed a lawsuit against Ron DeSantis for being a partisan asshole and harassing one of Florida's biggest job creators for having black mermaids or whatever, resulting in the presidential hopeful having a not-so-hopeful presidential run. I mean, we're a long way from the election, but... Boy, old Sticky Ron is not very popular right now. Also not popular is Steven Crowder, a guy known for his shitty and misogynist views who turned out to be, in fact, a shitty misogynist in real life. Meanwhile, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson continues to bumble about on Twitter like an angry grandpa, confusing porn with a Chinese breeding farm, and also falling for a satire website that is literally called the Dunning-Kruger Times. It just really seems like these right-wing grifters are coming apart at the seams. People who we sort of predicted were terrible and silly people. And that's clearly either because of the pact we made with Satan, praise be, or our newly discovered psychic powers, or 
both. Because here's another example. It appears that Twitter is now worth less than half of what Elon Musk paid for it. And honestly, I'm not sure if that has to do with the demonic hex or the fact that buying an already unprofitable social media company for $44 billion was simply not a good idea. But of course, it's a small price to pay for saving free speech, as proven by the Twitter files. Remember those? And now that you've remembered those, the Twitter files were mostly BS, just like we said. All right, that's actually a nice place to start the show, which hasn't technically started yet. However, my psychic brain predicts that you don't mind and are very attractive and smart. You see, my beautiful and intelligent viewers, we did an entire episode where we pointed out how dubious the Twitter files appeared to be. This was back in January when we were all so young and innocent. To jog your sexy brain, the Twitter files were a series of controlled leaks by several calm journalists, showing emails and various data from Twitter before Elon Musk took over. Musk handpicked the journalists, then gave some selected files to these journalists, and then tried to act shocked about some of their findings as if he had nothing to do with them. The point of these leaks was to prove that the pre-Elon Twitter was engaging in horrendous censorship of right-wing voices, something Musk was seemingly convinced of long before he bought the site. Seems like perhaps he had a specific conclusion in mind before even seeing the data. And so our psychic brains predicted that the files he did release were very clearly cherry-picked and heavily misrepresented by the journalists releasing them, such as when Matt Taibbi would make completely wild statements in his tweets as if he were presenting a fact, or how he'd leave out important context to the information he was sharing. There's evidence that the Twitter files are purposefully misleading. Often, they'll just make a statement without any evidence, as if it's a universal truth. Every single fact in the New York Post-Hunter Biden story was accurate, or that instead of chasing child sex predators or terrorists, the FBI was busy flagging social media posts. Why couldn't they be doing both, Matt? What Taibbi didn't include, however, was that the tweet links in that email were nude images of Hunter Biden. And so what he was actually describing was the Biden campaign asking Twitter to remove tweets containing private photos of drugged up naked man dick. The worst kind of man dick. And clearly not something that is allowed on most mainstream social media. God, look at my hair back then. Anyway, go watch our episode it's a good episode. I'm sure I don't remember. Why would I? My life is a blur of debauchery. Point is that the Twitter files seemed to really bend over backwards to prove that the left were controlling Twitter while completely omitting or downplaying any efforts from the right to do the same kind of censorship. For example, they never did a big dramatic threat about the GOP and the Trump administration's request to censor posts which is odd since they were the actual people in power back then. You'd think if you were a journalist trying to speak truth to power, you'd go after the people who were, you know, in power. So yeah, we called this all out back in January and implied that Matt Taibbi was perhaps lying a bit, maybe a bit of a liar with our psychic powers and our very psychic brains. Because wouldn't you know it, you said the EIP was founded in response 
to the government dropping its proposal for a disinformation government. Well, there you are. We're quoting you on screen. It wasn't. It was formed two years earlier. Uh, you suggest it was government-funded, even though during the 20 election, 2020 election that you're covering, it wasn't. Uh, you say they labelled 22 million tweets as misinformation in the run-up to the 2020 vote. They didn't. Uh, they got they flagged 3,000 election misinformation tweets for labelling, so you were only 21,997,000 off. Oof, not looking great. Looking like the opposite of great, if I may be so bold. So after our video on the subject, Congress actually had a hearing with former Twitter executives to get to the bottom of these types of claims. And over the next few months, we watched the Twitter files, as well as Twitter.com, the website, begin to fall apart. In that particular instance, I do remember hearing that we had received a request from the White House to make sure that we evaluated this tweet and that they wanted it to come down because it was a derogatory statement uh, uh, directed whoa, 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 towards whoa, the president. They wanted it to come down. They made that request. To my recollection, yes. I thought that was an inappropriate action by a government official, let alone the White House. But it wasn't Joe Biden about his son's laptop. It was Donald Trump because he didn't like what Chrissy Teigen had to say about him. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. In a shocking turn of events that no one could have possibly predicted, then-President Donald Trump appeared to have very thin skin about what people said about him on social media. Can you believe it? And the White House contacted Twitter to specifically request that a tweet calling him a pussy-ass bitch would be removed. Weird how that wasn't revealed in the Twitter files, or how Twitter actually changed their rules to accommodate Trump's behavior, or how Twitter apparently had an entire database of GOP requests for moderation. It was routine for both Democrats and Republicans to do this, but the Twitter files only leaked the Democrats' requests to seemingly make it appear to be a one-sided thing. In other words, we were correct in our psychic prediction that the Twitter files were a direct misinformation campaign led by Elon Musk, who has even recently said that it's time to move on from the Twitter files, the biggest bombshell the news has ever seen, earth-shattering revelations. Time to move on, says Elon Musk, who it turns out wasn't actually interested in fighting for free speech so much as he was a pissy little baby pants who craves attention, or a pussy-ass bitch, whatever. That's just what it says here on this very official paper, okay? You can read it yourself, because our videos on Musk weren't just prophetic in terms of the Twitter files, but Twitter in general. In fact, after being used for this misinformation campaign, Matt Taibbi would actually get into a fight with Musk and ultimately leave Twitter for freaking Truth Social because Musk so clearly began running the site into the ground. This was because Musk tried to ban Substack links from the site and has generally gone back on everything he claimed he was going to accomplish. Blue check marks are the most hilarious example here. As we pointed out in our video, Musk claimed that charging money for Twitter Blue would do away with, quote, Twitter's current lords and peasant system. Putting aside how little sense that makes, after Twitter mass removed all of the legacy check marks from the site, Fucking nobody switched over to the payment system. Because why would they? No one wants to pay to have a little emoji next to their name. That's clearly a bad business idea. So it was a disaster. One that caused Musk to panic and after repeatedly, smugly telling celebrities they would have to pay up, ended up giving the check marks back for free to anyone with over a million followers. 
Now, along with that being a possible FTC violation, what that means is that Musk's new system, the one he created as a response to the previous lords and peasants system, is to charge people for blue check marks unless they're really famous or popular, otherwise known as an even worse lords and peasants system than before. And so Twitter's check marks are now a combination of famous people who don't want them and the most profoundly gullible people to ever exist, making the site generally unpleasant to be on. After all, every boosted reply is from someone who thought paying eight bucks to a billionaire was good and cool, meaning that every boosted reply is some of the most mediocre or sometimes horrific thoughts ever put to words. And that's probably why people are now flocking elsewhere. Blue sky, huh? Well, that could work. I mean, unless there's some kind of fundamental reason it might not gain traction with the general public. There's a new uh, social media app uh, called Blue Sky, and on it, uh, Senator Brian Schatz from Hawaii, Democrat, he, uh, he just skeeted, quote, Nah, no problems there. Look, maybe the future isn't skeeting. I mean, I sure hope it is. And may, oh, oh, what if it is skeeting? But this isn't a video about Twitter. It's a video about how we're psychics who were completely right about Twitter and how Elon Musk is just a sad little man who paid $44 billion to give himself more attention, which it turns out we were extremely correct about. And like, how do you explain that? How do you explain that we predicted Elon Musk was a crybaby rich dude who was going to drive Twitter into the ground through lies and bad ideas until everyone eventually left the site? The only explanation is that we're psychics. Hey, mind freak, I just dumped everything we have on number three. You mean like? Horse, lottery numbers, Powerball. I just called Vegas and I screamed three. Just the single number three. I saw it in a vision. Well, it was either a three or it was a butt, but I'm pretty sure it was a three. Well, that's all I needed to hear. Anyway, we will be right back with more things that we were eerily right about. But first, I see some kind of advertisement. Yes, it's it's very clear now. We will see ads very soon. Oh yeah, you know what time it is. It's the part of the episode where I drink AG1 by Athletic Greens. You freaking love watching me drink AG1, don't you? I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health. You love me having gut health, don't you? You see, it contains probiotics and plant-based enzymes to support my digestion. Doesn't that make you so happy? Are you ready to watch me drink it? Everyone stand up and watch me drink it. Ahuga! Yeah! It's in there! And you are so into it! AG1 does a bunch of other stuff to you. It's got like zinc and vitamin C and then B vitamins as well. They say it can help with immune health and energy, but for me, it's gut health all the way, baby! I love AG1 because of my guts. And you love watching my guts love AG1. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash more news. That's athleticgreens.com slash more news. Check it out. See? 
What did I say? I said you will see ads very soon, and then you saw ads. Amazing, right? Because we're psychic, you see, obviously. It's not like we, well, I don't know, like, could sense patterns based on historical evidence and research and put a lot of effort into writing these episodes. That's nonsense talk is what that is. Hey, Katie, how are we doing those lottery numbers? We won, obviously. Oh, snap. How much did we win? Oh, I mean, like, I know we won because I'm psychic. I haven't actually checked. So I don't know, like a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, we won a billion dollars. Incredible stuff. We promise not to use that money for bad. Anyway, glad you're here, Katie, because I think the next prediction involves you. Oh, I know it does. I know everything now. I'm like the God baby at the end of 2001. The space odyssey, not the actual year. That's right. That's very true. You see, nearly a year ago, we did a video about the eventual overturning of Roe v. Wade, which spookily turned out to be released the very same week it was overturned. Coincidence or mind magic? After all, besides the leaked news that the Supreme Court was going to be overturning Roe v. Wade, there was no way we'd know that was going to happen. And yet somehow, we did. Repealing Roe v. Wade did all the things we said it would. Katie, shall I leave them in your capable and psychic hands while I go take a brain nap for Think Snooze? I don't see why not. Go rest your powerful brain as I mystify our audience with yet another some more news prediction that turned out to be true. Watch on Jaws Agape as I present a video we made about abortion rights from June of 2022. Do you think that the state should have the right to be able to determine abortion laws? Because uh, you'll still, it won't change the laws in like, yeah, that's all Roe v. Wade overturning means that Colorado, you know, can have abortion, like they have all the way up until nine months. Yeah. And Texas can have a heartbeat bill. Yeah. So again, it's going to be let a thousand flowers bloom. It's going to be each state gets to decide on its own specific abortion protocols, which is precisely what the Constitution suggested at the time. Most abortions now, even when you go to a clinic, are done with the pill. Yeah. The pill. And pills are easy to get in America. We know that. So, you know, for the people who say we're going back to 1973, we're not. Like Bill Maher said, you can just get a pill now. How hard is it to get an extremely hard to get pill that the GOP is specifically restricting in their states and is very hard to get because of that? The repealing of Roe v. Wade would likely encourage further efforts to reduce access to and illegalize contraceptives. So the argument that we shouldn't worry, that it'll, it'll still be legal in some states, or that since most of the country supports abortion, then it'll be protected, is completely dishonest and frankly, cowardly. And not only does the US have the worst maternal mortality rate compared to other rich countries, this rate goes up even higher in states where there are restrictions on abortions. In fact, it's over 50% higher than in less restrictive states. Not to mention that the states most likely to ban abortion already have higher rates of maternal mortality than the rest of the United States to begin with. In the 12 states in which abortions are restricted and are likely to be restricted further or banned outright, maternal mortality went up 38% due to those restrictions. And states that lack Planned Parenthood clinics saw an increase of mortality by 8%. All of that is to say, it seems like if you actually valued life, you would be concerned about those numbers and wonder why some states seem to be killing mothers way faster than other states. So yeah, that was just a quick gist of what we said in that video that perhaps you could go back and watch if you feel like being really bummed out. But in short, we said that all the grifters claiming that repealing Roe v. Wade was no big deal 
were actually lying, that the GOP wouldn't stop at a statewide abortion ban alone, and that banning abortion was actually going to cost way more lives than not banning it. And wouldn't you know it? All of that came true. Uh, yay? No. No, that's the wrong sound. I can't think of a good sound right now. I mean, besides screaming. Anyway, Bill Maher acting like people could just get a pill even if their state banned abortion was, it seemed, very wrong of him to say. Like, some kind of wrong person he is. Meaning that if I were Bill Maher, I would perhaps reflect on how wrong I am all of the time. Perhaps I would apologize and then disappear from public life. Because of course, the GOP is now going after pharmacies that might distribute the abortion pill in those states. That is not an option for people living there, nor is driving to another state, because immediately after we put out that video, we started seeing the GOP try to expand their rules to ban people crossing state lines to get an abortion. So I guess it's not actually about state rights then? Especially when Lindsey Graham would then propose a nationwide ban soon after Roe v. Wade was repealed. Because that was always their goal. Of course it was. And so anyone pretending that it wasn't at the time was either a liar or, perhaps, not very smart. A credulous rube, perhaps. They certainly weren't psychic like I am. After all, and I take no pleasure in saying this, but we were right that repealing Roe v. Wade and triggering abortion bans would in fact make these states way more deadly to live in if you are a woman. Since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year, 14 states have banned abortions in nearly all cases. Many maternal health doctors say state abortion bans are untenable for them and their patients. From Tennessee to Texas to Idaho, OBGYNs are beginning to pack up and leave. Right. Imagine if you're a dentist and then your state made the practice of giving root canals illegal. And not just illegal, but very illegal. You would essentially be trying to work with one hand tied behind your back. And when your professional code is to do no harm, you might find yourself choosing between going to jail or trying to save a life. And while the movement and people may need doctors to make that sacrifice, that is an unsustainable situation. It's like... Okay, it's like if you tried to date a grizzly bear, even if the bear had like a really good and stable job. If your government chooses to outlaw medical science, then it's hard to stick around if you're a doctor. And so sure enough, we are now seeing an exodus of OBGYN doctors in states that have banned abortion. And not to mention new doctors flat out avoiding work in those states. In other words, by making a major part of women's health care illegal, these states are declaring that they don't mind it if women living there are left with no health care options at all. They'd rather live in the fucking 1800s than accept reality. And what's left are being called maternity care deserts, otherwise known as areas of the country where having a baby is way more dangerous than it needs to be. So if the goal of overturning Roe v. Wade was to kill more babies and more mothers, then congratulations, you did it. You have made it so that at least one study found that mortality rates for both the mother and baby have since increased in these anti-abortion states. Just like we said it would. Because it was never about preserving life, not the babies or the people having them. They do not actually care. 
Because as we said in that video, banning abortion doesn't actually lower the abortion rate. They just make abortions more dangerous and put more women in harm. And I, I really can't stress this enough. The only reason to ban abortions is because you actually just want to inflict your religious values on people and perhaps want to control women. That would certainly explain why they absolutely are not stopping with Roe v. Wade. So this is a final vote on this access to contraceptives legislation. The measure would protect a person's ability to obtain contraceptives and the ability of healthcare providers to offer such services. You see that weak shit? That was a total of 185 Republican lawmakers voting against a bill protecting people's rights to contraception. Now, why in the world would they do that? Well, as we said in our original video, if someone was pro-life, you would think they would also be pro-contraception and sex education. And yet, they aren't. They simply want to control how you fuck. Like some kind of fuck puppeteer. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it here. Yeah. So yeah, it turns out that our video was right because we are psychics, as you see. And people like Bill Maher and Steven Crowder trying to act like it was no big deal were actually wrong. Wow. So weird that Steven Crowder wouldn't have a good opinion about women's reproductive health. Clearly, we were psychics. There's just, there's no other explanation. Hey, Cody, you awake? Yeah. I couldn't sleep because of my big psychic brain. Yeah, I think I got to go hit some cars with a baseball bat. So your turn again. Well, hold on. What if instead of literally hitting cars with a baseball bat, you metaphorically hit a car with a baseball bat by making fun of the metaverse? You just don't want me to hit your car with a baseball bat. Yes, that is a significant part of it. The metaverse failed like we said it would. Okay, so at this point, you might be so enamored with our psychic abilities that you forgot we did an entire episode just about the metaverse. Perhaps you even forgot the metaverse was a thing at all. We don't blame you. It is, and always was, barely a thing. But about a year ago, we saw a small bump of hype as media outlets role-played a universe where Mark Zuckerberg was going to create a revolutionary future where people worked and shopped exclusively in the metaverse. And only those two things. So in that video, a man is able to put on a small pair of glasses to enter this metaverse. This is the augmented reality promise of Facebook's Project Nazare. And heck, that would be really cool for activities that perhaps aren't just centered around work. After all, we sure did love catching all them Pokemon freaks. And it's really, really telling, and perhaps something I'm gonna talk about later, that all these big companies can think of is that VR will be used for shopping and working. You know, the money stuff. As we pointed out in that episode, it seemed very doubtful that a handful of rich suits are going to actually dictate the future of the internet. We pointed out that they have little to zero concern for privacy and that their imaginations were completely limited to capitalism. It was very similar to how they thought about NFTs and cryptocurrencies in that they wanted to use the endless possibilities of the internet to recreate stuff like money and real estate. It was all very clearly not the future. There are only a few platforms where investors can buy and sell real estate, each with their own unique cryptocurrencies. 
Each platform has a limited number of parcels available for purchase, which is tracked using blockchain technology. And what I'm getting at is that if anyone tries to sell you something digital based on artificial limitations and scarcity, be it fake real estate or a fucking JPEG of a monkey, well then that thing probably isn't and definitely shouldn't be the future. They're bringing the worst parts of capitalism into the metaverse before it's even a fucking thing yet. And the only reason I'm not more upset about this is because I'm pretty sure it won't work. Or rather, the metaverse, as these companies and scammers are picturing it, is certainly not the metaverse that will succeed. Such powerful predictions from our very magical brains. And geez, let me tell you, folks, it did not take long for our psychic visions to manifest. Only about six months after we made this video, the company Sandbox, otherwise known as the place selling virtual real estate, began to struggle. Properties, if, if you can really call them that, which, I mean, I guess you can, but honestly, you shouldn't. But properties that were worth hundreds of thousands went down 85% since only the start of the year. For example, a digital parcel that boasted it was next to Snoop Dogg's Metaverse home sold for $450,000 to a fan of the rapper. Six months later, and that same virtual land was now worth $25,000. At the most. Turns out, owning a bunch of pixels that were artificially put in close virtual proximity to a celebrity isn't actually worth so much. Also, I don't think Snoop or really any celebrity is all that online. You think, you think Tom Cruise knows how to even open an email? Nah, -uh. no, no way. All his messages are sent through cosmic thetan waves. So yeah, Sandbox's stock has since plummeted as the company is now struggling to maintain 1,000 daily active users. You know, some real Twitter blue numbers. It was, as we predicted, a bad investment, as were the majority of NFTs and cryptocurrency. Cut to today, and several corporations have completely shuttered their metaverse projects, including Facebook, a company that will always be called Facebook despite what they claim, even though it's extremely funny that they changed their name to Meta and now the metaverse, as these people have imagined it, has failed. Just like we said it would. And in fact, just days before we filmed this, it continues to fail. But just for the record, that isn't to say the concept of a metaverse is the problem, but rather that the people trying to make it happen have absolutely no creativity left in their brittle billionaire bones. But hey, legs are coming soon. There's one more feature coming soon that's probably the most requested feature on our roadmap. Legs. Legs. So, I don't know, man. Maybe. Just maybe Mark Zuckerberg can take the billions of dollars he plans to invest in AI or whatever his next bad project is and send it to me, to Katie, a psychic who can perhaps spend that money better than Mark. <laughs> Not that we need the money, because we have won the lottery. I am sure of it. I haven't actually checked, but... He definitely won the lottery. Yep, I've already flushed all my old money to make room for my new money, which I will now have to immediately spend on a new toilet. Thanks, Katie, for that powerful non-car smashing look and how the metaverse was silly and bad. And we were right, and Mark Zuckerberg was wrong. And also, yeah, 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 you stink, Mark. You stink like onions and sperm. That's just what it says in the paper, okay? Don't shoot.
anybody, actually. Violence is bad. As an aside, we also spoke heavily in that Metaverse video about how Facebook becoming an aggregate for the entire internet meant that the government needed to restructure the way they regulated ISPs in order to include social media, a thing that I do believe we were very much proven right about after a certain billionaire baby with rice paper thin skin bought Twitter. So there's also that. More proof that we're psychics, because there's just no other reason why this show would be so right about things all the time. Am I right? Of course I'm right. I'm a rich psychic, just like Jesus Christ, famous rich psychic. So, okay, I know we have a lot of recovery to do here after we blew all of your minds. So let's unblow ourselves with some ads, the least blowing thing that exists. Ads do not blow things is what I'm saying, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ads do not blow things. Holy haunted horse, it's me, Cody. I want to tell you about a brand new product called patreon.com slash some more news. I take patreon.com slash some more news every morning so I can get through my day feeling fresh and feisty like a baby kitten cat. Just one heaping injection of patreon.com slash some more news will have you bursting through your pants with joy. Anyway, yeah, we have a Patreon and you can support it. And by supporting it, you get early and ad free episodes of this show, as well as even more news. You can get your name in the credits or even do an online hangout with me, Cody the Johnston. So what are you waiting for? Me to beg? Is that what you want from me, you sick freak? Because I'll beg, I'll beg, and it won't be pretty. So get elbow deep into patreon.com slash some more news to feel kitten fresh and pants bursting joy. You get it, you get it, get it, get the Patreon. .com slash some more news. Okay? Perfect ad. Not at all weird ad. Wow, good job about it. Welcome back from not getting blown by those ads. If you haven't heard, we're psychics now because so much of what we say on this show actually comes true. Hey, Katie, any psychic visions? I see bones, sharp bones sticking into the side of a school bus. So, no, nothing besides the normal stuff that's always in my head. Cool, keep us posted. Because I predict that we have more showdy to do -de duty like poops from butts. And speaking of places to poop, remember when we called out Walgreens and their so-called shoplifting crisis? Sure you do. And if you don't, you will. There was no shoplifting crisis, just like we said. Back in 2022, a huge media talking point was these supposed shoplifting sprees specific to perceived liberal cities that Walgreens claimed was the reason behind their store closings. The consequences of this fear-mongering was a campaign to push city officials to clamp down on petty crime, as well as provide free police protection for these stores. In other words, the fear-mongering completely worked, which is a shame because the city of San Francisco could have simply hired us instead of all those cops. Brazen crimes caught on camera show exactly why American cities are under siege. Check out what happened at a Walgreens in San Francisco. This is a man in broad daylight looting a store and just filling up a garbage bag. Then he just casually rides his bike out of the store and onto the street. 
Walgreens alone has closed 17 stores in the city just because of this rampant theft. And in the case of the great Walgreens shoplifting crisis of the 2020s, supposedly going on in San Francisco right now, Walgreens is blaming their store closures on rampant theft, and local law enforcement is blaming Prop 47, a law which charges petty theft under $950 with a misdemeanor as opposed to a felony. This is despite at least one study showing that the proposition is not responsible for an uptick in crime. Uh, oh yeah, those store closures we were just talking about like literally seconds ago. It turns out that there are probably a bunch of other reasons Walgreens decided to do that. Like the fact that the city is oversaturated with pharmacies and that the corporation had already laid out a plan in 2019 to close a bunch of stores across the nation in order to save money. Because it's kind of hard to believe that rampant theft is the reason you are closing five stores when two of those stores only had seven and three reported retail thefts in 20. 21. That was from an episode about the larger problem of using the public sphere of crime as a political bargaining chip and how there's an entire capitalist ecosystem reliant on that often exaggerated or fabricated fear. In that episode, we spoke about how the San Francisco shoplifting crisis was clearly part of that pattern, in that it seemed fabricated as a political tactic. Maybe we realized that because of crime statistics at the time, or how cops and corporations lie all the goddamn time, or maybe... We were psychic. I think the, the shrink is built in the forecast. Um, we're probably, you know, maybe we, we, we cried too much last year when we were hitting numbers that were 3.5% of sales. Um, we're down in the lower twos, call it the mid 2.5, 2.6 kind of range now. So that's the CFO of Walgreens on an earnings call saying, maybe we cried too much last year about that. Don't worry. Okay, to put that in context, shrink is the industry term for goods you cannot sell, whether through theft, damage, or other reasons. The latest National Retail Federation reports his external theft, like shoplifting and organized crime, accounted for just over a third, one third of all shrink in 2021. You could see there on the graph in orange, meaning that according to Walgreens' own numbers from that earnings call, at its height, crimes like shoplifting accounted for just over 1% of their sales. Folks. I don't like seeing a smug Chris Hayes any more than you do, but there simply wasn't a shoplifting or larger crime crisis. And not only do we know that from data, but from a Walgreens executive admitting that their claims were exaggerated and that they perhaps mischaracterized the amount of theft happening in their stores. Seems like if perhaps someone lies about a crime and then cities and politicians bend over backward and pump extra money into stopping that fake crime, someone should get in trouble for that. Kind of like how every time I call 911 just to see the big red water truck, I usually get arrested unless I'm fast. But what's pretty darn incredible is that even with them admitting these things, people are still trying desperately to paint San Francisco as some escape from New York dystopian hell city, going so far as to hijack extremely tragic stories for this purpose. The high-profile killing last week of tech executive Bob Lee raised questions and concerns about how safe it is to live and work in San Francisco. Can you believe it? Even the objectively better upper class isn't safe in San Francisco, a city where rich people can be randomly stabbed on the street like an extra in a RoboCop sequel. This was the exact narrative that played out in the first few days after this killing took place. Except here's the thing. This isn't how crime works. It never was. Most of the time, people don't just randomly attack other people. Awful acts like murder and sexual assault are statistically most likely to be done by people that the victim knows. Because of course, 
And just like those statistics, this cash app stabbing was revealed to also be committed due to a personal conflict between the killer and victim. Does that make it any better or worse? Of course not. But it's pretty fucked up how this person's death was used to push a fantasy narrative and then completely ignored once it didn't actually fit that deception. And generally speaking, whenever the media or a politician tries to manufacture fear or push policy based on the idea that random acts of crime are an epidemic, they're probably lying because statistics always say otherwise. And that goes for this shoplifting crisis or the claims of drag queens or LGBTQ people being groomers or anything else like that. It doesn't take a psychic like us to realize that and perhaps reject it when it happens because the consequences for this fabricated panic are often worse than the crime they are pretending is a problem. For example, stories of random customers assaulting suspected shoplifters at a fucking TJ Maxx. I don't know how to tell you this, but assault is way worse than shoplifting. Also, TJ Maxx isn't gonna fuck you, bro. You don't need to heroically protect a corporation's bottom line. And in fact, most retailers' policies are to let these people go due to liability and various legal and safety reasons. Because again, people don't randomly attack other people unless politicians and the media start encouraging that. Like if, if someone publicly killed a mentally ill person on the subway, perhaps it would be extremely fucked up to try and spin that as anything but a fucking act of murder. If you are the kind of person who thinks that I'm not compassionate enough toward people with mental illness, this episode is definitely not going to be for you because I'm not feeling very compassionate about Jordan Neely, and that shouldn't surprise you. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about why it is that we suddenly exist in a society where mentally well people are being told that they need to yield to mentally ill people. Let me tell you that the idea that homeless people are just suffering and all they want is some food is complete and utter bull okay? Hey, Candace, that is some Nazi shit. I can't stress that enough. The idea that vulnerable people are actually bad and it's okay for so-called mentally well people to fucking kill those people if they're loud or disruptive is quite literally a Nazi idea without hyperbole, Nazi shit. And what makes it especially insidious is that this media narrative of city lawlessness is exactly what's sparking this death wish vigilante Nazi ass justification of actual lawlessness from people taking it upon themselves to attack others for petty crimes. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because for these people, paranoia and fear sells. It sells their Nazi-ass ideas and it literally sells their shitty merchandise encouraging proud Karens to butt into other people's lives. So yeah, we need to cut the shit and call these lies out when they happen, despite what superpowers we may or may not have. But of course it helps to be psychic, much like we are definitely psychics, especially when it comes to crime, it seems. Because whenever we do an episode about how the cops are useless and bad or how no one is going to do anything about gun violence, we're always spot on. So wild how when we say that no one will do anything about guns, we're always magically right, as evidenced by whatever shooting is currently happening as you watch this episode. So... So wild how that is, how we're clearly psychics for saying that. So... So wild. Oh, and speaking of completely manufactured epidemics used to push a political viewpoint. Havana syndrome wasn't a thing. Oh my goodness, do you even remember Havana syndrome? I'm having a hard time remembering it. 
Considering that it was a looming threat of microwave brain attacks, one could think that it would have like stayed in the general zeitgeist if it were actually a thing. I mean, sure, the news happens fast and there are all those new seasons of Succession and Mandalorian, but surely, surely, people wouldn't just suddenly forget the fact that we were under a very real mind assault just a few years ago. Did we get mementoed? Was the memory wiped from our heads? Is that what Havana syndrome actually was? Or is it possible, just perhaps a little bit possible, that it never actually existed? You know, kind of like how we said that back in our Halloween 2021 episode. It kind of sounds like Havana syndrome isn't a thing. Look at me, all green and whatnot. Perhaps it was cheap makeup. Perhaps I drank too much AG1. Or maybe I was radiating psychic energy. Because in that episode, we proposed that Havana syndrome was less likely a coordinated attack and more likely a form of mass hysteria. After all, the symptoms were extremely random, and it really seemed much more likely that many other factors such as stress or COVID symptoms were at work. Not to mention that all the reporting of the syndrome was specifically coming from journalists who specialized in national security, as opposed to anyone with a background in medical science. Cut to two years later, and not one, but five different intelligence agencies conducted an extensive report on the event, only to conclude exactly what we said that Havana syndrome was not caused by any foreign weapon or energy gun or what have you. Mind you, they didn't find an explanation for the symptoms. And to be honest, hearing the CIA claim something doesn't exist kind of makes me believe it exists even more. But that's also the exact kind of thinking that makes these panics manifest themselves. Much like the aforementioned shoplifting crisis, the Havana syndrome seemed most likely to be a manufactured panic that conveniently helps certain political viewpoints. I mean, the word Havana is right there in the name, and sure enough, this panic was used to further cut off relations with Cuba when it happened. It was used to point fingers at China and Russia, and even pass laws around it. And yet, they have zero evidence that it was actually a weapon of any kind. Again, it really stinks the same way the shoplifting stuff does, right? Or like how in that Halloween episode, we also called bullshit on cops passing out because of fentanyl. Remember when that was a big problem and then suddenly it wasn't? And how it turned out that one of the bigger smugglers on the drug turned out to be a fucking police union leader? It all feels very similar, doesn't it? A group of people make a huge fuss over a perceived crisis, pass a bunch of measures based on that crisis, and then years later, after everyone in the media has forgotten about it, reveal that perhaps there wasn't a crisis after all. That's called a grift, I do believe. That's how grifters work. They make predictions or claims non-psychically and then push for specific actions based on those predictions or claims. And then when those things don't actually happen or are proven false, they just slink away and pretend they never said anything. Like that virus that didn't kill anybody. And now if you wanna eat a hamburger, you gotta put a bunch of vaccines in your blood. But a good way to predict these things before they happen is to look at who is making the claims. Which brings us to a pretty big prediction we have made on this show many times that has come true every darn time. They were grifters. At the start of this episode, we mentioned that there's been a recent pattern of certain right-wing personalities completely eating dung. Crowder being exposed for the terrible person he is, Tucker Carlson, by extension Fox News imploding, and also people we didn't even mention yet, like how Scott Adams recently saw his career fall apart for continuing to be racist. And it seems 
let's say, interesting, that the shelf life of right-wing pundits is often very short. I mean, before this group, there was also, you know, Glenn Beck, Milo Yiannopoulos, and I'm sure some people I'm forgetting. And I want to point out two things here. One, that we've had numerous episodes calling these people out as grifters for years, long before they were finally shown the door or fully exposed for being terrible. Here we are doing a video about how the Lincoln Project was clearly bad before that group fell apart with scandals. Here's a video where we said that Steven Crowder was clearly a sad little man who perhaps needed a friend. And we were half right in that he was indeed a sad little man. We called out Ron DeSantis for his backfiring publicity stunts long before Disney blew up in his face. We've really called a lot of things for being the silly grift that they are. From Quibi going under to the Supreme Court being balls deep in corruption. And that leads me to the second thing I need to point out about these grifters. You know all the specific things we just talked about in this video, abortion, metaverse, Twitter, etc., etc. The stuff we were right about with our psychic brains. Well, guess who wasn't right about those same things? And now all of these revelations are coming out that the Twitter middle management was basically dominated by Democrats who were working hand in glove with the Joe Biden campaign at the sort of vague behest of governmental powers like the FBI. That's Ben Shapiro concluding that the Twitter files proved a left-wing bias, which we would later learn wasn't actually the case. Here's Jordan Peterson claiming they were a bigger scandal than Watergate that we should move on from, apparently. Um, so they were wrong about that, as was Steven Crowder, very wrong, when he not only claimed that repealing Roe v. Wade wasn't a big deal, but that the Democrats would lose voters because of their protests over it. What we are watching right now, people, live, and again, it's save SCOTUS as the promo code, what we are watching is the left turn off yet another demographic of voters. All that's required is for them to see the protests, for them to see the riots, and for us to say, hey, why do you think they're rioting? And they'll say, well, because, you know, they think of, uh, abortion is being banned. And you explain to them, it's not being banned. And these people are protesting, they're rioting because they want abortions all the way up until and including nine months period without the states having the rights to restrict them. He was really wrong. And in fact, it was Republicans who lost votes because of abortion. That's how wrong he was. Speaking of wrong things, here's Ben Shapiro saying that the Zuckerberg metaverse will definitely happen because of Fortnite. And this new company is gonna be virtually reality based where he's literally, he, he reenacted a scene from Black Mirror. Well, Which you know, is uh, unironically. I know. And you know what makes me a little sad? I think that it's going to happen. You think when, it's going to happen? Yeah, I, I think that you and I are of a different generation, dude. I think there are a lot of kids who are growing up in Fortnite world and spend a lot. And I think the pandemic really accelerated this. Hey, Ben, you were wrong. Pretty interesting how Ben Shapiro shows up a lot in these clips. Here he is completely buying the shoplifting crisis when that was a thing. There's a pretty obvious uptick in property crime. Not just an obvious uptick in property crime, a complete downturn in quality of life. There's a reason that people have been fleeing big cities in favor of more outlying red areas or blue cities in red states. Okay, San Francisco has been turned from a gem, a very clean and safe city, into something really quite awful. Over the past few years, you've seen reports of feces, human feces on nearly every corner, open needles on nearly every corner. There is less crime in San Francisco than in Dallas, Ben. The rate has been steadily going down since 2017. It's not smeared with shit as you apparently believe. You are wrong. You are always, always wrong. They're always wrong. Every prediction sneered out with blind confidence eventually proves to be wrong. I think 
Kamala and Biden might be throwaway candidates. They know they are going to get steamrolled in the election. I really don't see the Democrats winning this. I think it's fair to say Trump's going to win re-election. I think Trump might have a massive, massive victory, which shocks the left. I think we're looking at a Trump victory, man. Trump 2020 landslide, even with everything going on with COVID. I think that's what we can expect. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Trump had a 49 state landslide. I think we could see a 49 state landslide. We may be looking at a Mondale Reagan type scenario where Trump landslides 49 states and we may see a a 49 state landslide, maybe a 50 state landslide. That'd be amazing. That montage keeps going. Please understand that these people, Tim Poole, Dave Rubin, Jordan Peterson, Candace Owens, Bill Maher, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Steven Crowder, and so many more, their entire careers are hinged on triggering negative emotional reactions in the moment and with the hope that people will gravitate from one outrage to the next. Because that way, they never stop and notice how everything these people say turns out to be wrong. They sit and skim the news live on their multi-million dollar shows and then throw out conclusions based on their personal beliefs and feelings. That's it. They are not good sources of information or intelligent and thoughtful opinions. And that's not even from like an ideological standpoint. Just by simply looking at their track record, they're grifters. Like we keep saying with our big psychic brains. And eventually they all burn out and get replaced by new grifters. And the reason we at the Shoddy will stick around and why we tend to be correct is because... We try to give a shit, I guess. We have researchers and fact check episodes multiple times and discuss what we want to say as a group before saying it. We cut things that are fact checked as untrue and point out the nuances of a situation if it exists. We'll be making an episode about times we were wrong or we missed the mark. Sure, we have an ideological leaning. Like, yeah, you know, we certainly do. I'm not gonna act like we don't think better things are possible and necessary. But we're actually very careful about what we say in each episode and often look at history and studies to draw our conclusions, which is why our conclusions tend to be correct in the long run. And that's ultimately why we believe in what we believe. Because adding ideology to the conversation, conservatives, as they exist right now, have hinged a lot of their beliefs on false claims or an unrealistic view of the world. And that's probably why these people seem really miserable and burn out. Like, if you really believe the shit they say, that rich people are actually good and better, and vulnerable people are weak or lazy, or that simply existing as like a gay person is evil, or that systemic inequalities are a myth and it's all bootstraps, or that all of Hollywood is actually bad and woke, well then you're gonna be pretty fucking miserable. Like, you can't watch movies and TV unless it has Kevin Sorbo or Kid Rock in it. And every misfortune in your life, even if out of your control, would be seen as a personal failing. Your best political hope is this guy, who you have to pretend isn't a sweaty grifter. And you're surrounded by people you think are bad for just existing. That sounds terrible. They spend all of their time desperately trying to rewrite history and facts to justify their ideology, jamming square pegs into round holes. And that has to be very stressful. Compare that with just, you know, actually doing the research and then drawing your conclusions based on that. They have no idea how much nicer life can be when you're not trying to force an end result with the information you have, when you're not beholden to a larger ideology. Like, I don't have to sit here and pretend that Joe Biden is some kind of demigod, you know? So I guess it's not actually that difficult to do. 
We're not the only show that works like this. We're not the only ones who were right about these things. We're not actually special here. So maybe we're not psychic. Maybe we were being really sarcastic about the whole psychic thing. Who knows, though? I'm sorry, what? Did, did you just say we're not psychic? Yeah, I sort of gave the game away there. How we were pretending to be psychic to make a point. Oh, yeah, totally. I, uh, I gotta go check on some stuff. Cool, cool. So, yeah, point is that when we're saying that these people are grifters or white supremacists, we're not just, like, mad at them for not having the same views as us. We're saying that because we've researched the history of their ideologies and we're making a very educated prediction about where their train of thought leads. And we try to be fair about it. Like, hey, you know, one of these grifters actually got it right about the Havana syndrome stuff. Who's behind these attacks? Well, we haven't actually established there are attacks or that any of this is real. Hey, nice work, Tuxbum. Good job being the only example we could find of a right-wing grifter getting something right. But I kind of suspect it was only because you wanted to be a contrarian against the other news channels. Tucker is, of course, a perfect example of us simply doing research and looking at historical patterns to make a video about how he's a man who doesn't believe in anything besides pushing white supremacist talking points. That's a video from four years ago. And and dare I say, we were accurate in just the first 20 seconds of it. Oh, here's some news. Tucker Carlson can eat shit. Whoa. If you say so, Tucker can eat it. The poo, in like a, like a, like a bowl or something, or with, a, with a ladle, slurp it all up. And I, that's, that's just what the paper says. Spot on past Cody, but just to get a bit more specific. He's an obvious fraud and a racist and a liar. All things you probably already assumed. So what happened to Tacker Corporal Stan? Did the seemingly resolute conservative just bend to the will of Fox News when it shifted to be more pro-Trump? To answer that, I'd like to go all the way back to his decision to move from print journalism to television, as described by his own autobiography. Quote, I was heading back to my desk with a takeout hot dog one afternoon when I ran into the receptionist. She asked me what I knew about the OJ trial. My instinct was to answer honestly, just about nothing. But for some reason, I caught myself. I asked her why she wanted to know. Well, she explained, Dan Rather's booker just called looking for an OJ expert to go on 48 hours tonight. Everyone else is still at lunch. Can you do it? Within a few hours, I was on my way to CBS in New York. And there it is. Tucker saw an opportunity to be special, brushed off the fact that he was completely ignorant, lied about his qualification, and then plowed ahead despite having no clue what he was talking about. Him getting booed at CPAC in 2009? Most likely, it signaled that he would have to push farther right to be more popular. And so he did that. For money. And he doesn't care what he has to say or do or who he hurts to get that. Had he killed it on Dancing with the Stars, I guarantee he would have just done that instead. Right. So in that video, we simply looked at Tucker Carlson's career bouncing from networks, the things he himself said in his autobiography, and also the pattern of racist dog whistling on his show and concluded that he was, quite simply, a racist grifter and fascist propagandist who will say anything just to be on the air. And while I'm sure most people agreed with us back then, we now know with evidence that this is exactly what he is. 
he's racist. And he hated Trump, but supported him and moved more to the right because that was where the money was. He was all the things we said he was. And what's obviously frustrating is that it probably doesn't matter. Like Tim Pool and Matt Walsh are already using their big brains to debate whether or not Tucker's shitty behavior was a deep fake. Tucker is now moving his show to Twitter, I guess. You know, because that site is now pivoting to the Fox News of social media where the owner publicly ponders white supremacist spree killings as a media conspiracy. There's never going to be a bottom here. They will simply do the clown shit they always do. The mental gymnastics needed to pretend like they weren't wrong or at fault or that they aren't racist or misogynist or grifters. They'll say it was actually a conspiracy until they absolutely can't deny reality and then they'll just pivot. Like he's a fan. Like he wasn't even subscribed. It was it was f uh, four clips from one show. But yeah. So my point is, this is grasping at straws, right? Because even if they can definitively prove, even if, if it turns out that this is legitimate, that really is this guy's profile. They're telling the truth, and they have good reasons to be confident. That still is not the nail in the coffin that they think it is here. I, I mean, I got to be honest. Like, I think it's funny, and I really just don't care. I think we've won so much ground in the culture war that it is completely meaningless that they would even do it assuming mm -hmm. it was a psyop. It's just, it means nothing to me. A Nazi wearing a right-wing death squad patch killed a bunch of people and also happened to be a fan of Tim Pool's show. Now that's not necessarily related. I mean, I have my thoughts, but Tim and other right-wing voices spent several days insisting that it was actually a conspiracy. And Tim is now apparently pivoted to just hand-waving the entire thing, despite what the facts are, because he kind of has to in order to protect himself from any self-reflection. After all, these people make way too much money for self-reflection, and by extension, like, humanity. So they'll make up an excuse every time say it was a conspiracy or that the accuser is woke or whatever. Even when the accuser is fucking Fox News, then they'll just move on as if it never happened. They have these pre-built buzzwords and safety nets designed to let them survive in denial for as long as humanly possible. They're all miserable weirdos who fight amongst themselves and make an obscene amount of money doing propaganda for the wealthy. So yeah, of course they're always wrong. So perhaps... We need to break that cycle. Perhaps if these people have no shame, they should be like deplatformed or not watched, you know, something else. I don't know, somehow. Boy, I wish I knew how. But sadly, I'm not a psychic. Wait, so you're sure of that? Like, absolutely sure? How much money did we lose? All of the money. We're, we're out of all the money. Well, you know, money's fake, so it's no big deal. But hey, see, that actually reminds me of one more thing I need to say, which is that we're not always going to be right either. I'm sure there are examples of us being wrong somewhere out there. Do we have an example of us saying something that didn't turn out to be correct? The moon is attacking the earth in that film. I haven't even seen it yet, but come on, that's money in the bank right there. Nope, don't see any problem there because Moonfall was a great film that got worldwide praise and made billions. So I don't know, I'm sure there's something out there. Maybe you can tell us in the comments that we probably won't read, but what I'm getting at is that while this was a fun and shit-eating way to follow up on some new news stories, the fact that we can get stuff wrong and know we can is why we try really hard to get stuff right. We're not going to embiggen our noggins over this or become a smug ass Bill Maher type. We're just trying to give you, you know, some news, some more news and even more news. 
And we're terrified of giving you bad more news. We want to give you good more news, good quality, uncut and thick, and often about boars. Another thing we've been completely right about if you haven't noticed. Like seriously, feral hog populations just, they just keep rising. And we've been talking about that for like over five years. Back when we were on that website, for fuck's sake, for the sake of fuck, what will it take for you all to listen to us about those swine dildos gunning for your bones and your families. Anywho, we were right. Feels good, right, Katie? I do not feel good. How much do you think your legs are worth? I mean, we don't need your legs for the show, right? Good point. Legs are coming and legs are going. The meta circle of meta life. See, that's why you're the money person. Happy ending for all. Legs are coming. Wow, look at all these things we were right about. Just because they're blank doesn't mean anything. If they're blank, they can't be wrong. Thanks for watching. Make sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel the video's on. And leave a comment about, you know, things you think we got off uh, wrong. Just a little, you know, tweaks and fact check us. Give us the business. Give us your business. Um... <laughs> Check out our merch store. We got merch, Warmbo's on it, other stuff is on it too. Um, and uh, we've got a podcast called Even More News you can listen to. You can listen to this show, Some More News as a podcast, if you don't want to see this kind of bullshit. And we got patreon.com slash some more news. You may have seen an ad for it that went perfectly uh, earlier in the episode. And uh, oh, here's another thing we write about snow. Ah. Bye.